Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. Once again, this is episode number 232, entitled L is for Loading. It was published on Thursday, the 3rd of June, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and a couple of bits and pieces just before we begin the main content with my friend David Wormsley. Firstly, head over to wpbuilds.com. That is a website where you'll find everything that we produce each week. You're listening to the Thursday podcast. This comes out every Thursday at 2pm UK time. But we also have a live show called This Week in WordPress. I do that with my good friend Paul Lacey every Monday, 2pm UK time. You can find out about all of that over at wpbuilds.com. But perhaps a better way of staying in touch would be to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there you can keep in touch, get on our newsletter list, find out in your inbox each time we produce new content. And there's also links to our very friendly Facebook group of over 2,800 WordPressers, YouTube channel, Twitter feed and all of that goodness, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. We've also got a deals page if you're interested in finding out whether you can get a specific amount off with a coupon code. Perhaps you're looking for a plug-in this week. Perhaps you're looking for a theme. Who knows? It's worth checking that page out. I like to say it's like Black Friday, but every single day of the week. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And finally, for the housekeeping, if you're into advertising in front of a WordPress-specific audience, WP Builds might be good. If you've got a product or service in the WordPress space, go and check wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise, and we may be able to help you out. And here's a couple of companies that have done just that. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by Termageddon. When you build contact forms for client websites, you may be forcing that client to comply with multiple privacy laws. Rather than avoiding discussing the importance of privacy policies with your clients, try out Termageddon, the auto-generating privacy policy generator. And the best part is that Termageddon gives web agencies a free set of their policies forever in the hope that you like the product and use their reseller or referral programs to help your clients get protected too. So your clients get protected and you make more recurring revenue. Go to termageddon.com and click the Agency Partner page to receive your free license today. And buy AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. The best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress Block Editor. And so, you can check out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okie dokie, today I am talking to David Wormsley. Our subject, as I said at the top of the show, is L for loading. And we really get stuck into the weeds of what is possible in WordPress. There's a whole load of stuff in here. And all honesty, we could have gone on for hours. But we're really talking about things like core web vitals, what's involved in that, what WordPress loads in a default installation. Are there any tools that you might be able to choose to look at how your page is being loaded? Which assets can you defer? Which things should you be checking? And how to improve those scores? Also, are there any tools which you might be able to 
to deploy into your website to make it speed things up. Perhaps there's a WordPress plugin that we've heard of that may be of use to you. So there's loads and loads of relevance to this, what with Core Web Vitals being just around the corner. So check it out. I hope that you enjoy the podcast today. Hello, it's another A to Z of WordPress, the series where we attempt to cover all the major aspects of building and maintaining sites with WordPress. Today is L for, wait for it, wait for it, loading. Oh, very clever. <laughs> Liking it. Uh, well, actually, it's loading pages faster. We're going to have to call this. this no one's going to want to listen to an episode called loading, will they? <laughs> Nobody's going to want to listen to an episode, whatever we call it, David. You know, don't, don't delude yourself. So we're really talking about because we couldn't fit in speed and performance elsewhere because we'd used up those letters. So yep. that's what we're talking about, really, except for caching, which we've already talked about. So yeah, we're talking about. Well, it's it's the topic of the day, isn't it? It really is. It's almost like we've all become absolutely obsessed with this yeah. for good reason because change is afoot and it's being forced upon us when we prior to recording i should say uh, we had a little bit of a discussion and i was querying whether or not the fact that this th these guidelines if you like were emanating from the mighty google whether mm. that was a good thing or a bad thing but i think we both came down on the side that actually the the things that they're requiring us to do are are all for the good, really. Yeah, this, I mean, we are. I, this is really inspired by Google Core Web Vitals, which is due out in June as an SEO factor, at least on mobile uh, speeds. And yeah, it's caught everyone's attention for the last year, I guess, since they first announced it. And um, yeah, we've become a little bit obsessed. I've become obsessed. Years, years back, I sort of, I had to talk to myself about measuring performance on WordPress because it just got kind of out of hand and I feel like I've gone back there again but come out the other end because I like I like the new measures this this focus on experience I also think you enjoy the the process of trying to figure all this stuff out it may be you're mm. a bit of a minority you know in that I think most people are happy to build their websites and just it is what it is. And if it's fast and Google like it, that's one thing. And if it's not, and it's a little bit slow, but it's within tolerable limits, that's that's probably fine for most people. But you really enjoy digging into the weeds on this and you've created lots of video content and you've really enjoyed exploring it all. Yeah, I have. And uh, I mean, I guess it ties in with our background with page builders and, and also, you know, conversations that are going on at the same time with Gutenberg, obviously being in core, being naturally faster whether it's usable as a page builder now is another argument but all of that stuff means that I, I can't ignore it anyway but I think what excites me about it is it's one of these things where it's a bit of an illusion but I like to think that I'm trying to deliver a professional service to clients and that I'm going to kind of learn the fundamentals of the web and building sites and do my best there and and I, I think you know Core Web Vitals really gets to that you know it teaches you perhaps best practice about how you might build your sites. Yeah. So, you know, if we, if we just remove the idea that Google's behind this and that potentially that's a sort of conflict of interest. And what I mean by that is Google, you know, already we're competing mm. uh, to get to the top of the search engine rankings. And now that Google is telling us 
explicitly what it is that we need to do. You know, it kind of feels on the one hand as if, well, that's Google designing the web for us, mm-hmm. which we don't really want to be told how to build the web. But on the other hand, the the bits and pieces in their guidelines do make a great deal of sense. You know, they're all the kind of things that you would you would wish to see yourself when you're browsing around the internet, all about making things happen quickly and in a way which doesn't annoy the user mm. and making the experience as pleasant as possible. So on the one hand, bad. On the other hand, good, very good. Yeah, I felt when it comes to page loads before and trying to measure it, we're always trying to look at the whole page and and we get lost with all sorts of other things as we wanted to add in lots of extra scripts and do more with our pages. And I think why I like this is that it's given us a set of tools. Google's provided those as a way of just focusing on measuring the experience, how quickly it loads for the the user, not trying to bite off everything. And I, I just think it's really helpful. And I always felt before it was too easy just to get lost in all the aspects of performance and that really yep. didn't matter. So I like it. And plus the fact as well, I think because it's only one of over 200 ranking factors and we'll never know how much importance Google are going to place on this, it's up to us, isn't it? It's just new tools. It's new ways of being able to approach this part of the web. And I think it's been missing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because from a, from the perspective of a WordPress website builder, it kind of feels like of the 200 ranking factors, the, the fact that this has been talked about so much, mm. it would be slightly disappointing if it came in at, you know, 198 or something <laughs> of no importance whatsoever. I'm really, I'm really hopeful for a lot of people who've spent a lot of time building this stuff, making content, explaining it all and thinking about it, that it's going to be a significant factor because it's something that we've actually got control over. Yeah. And the the other thing is it, it, this sort of coming at it from a fairly selfish point of view if you're an agency owner or mm. you're a developer of WordPress websites or what have you. There is a there is a good opportunity here for you to to generate some income to make your business mm. more buoyant because there is a, a chance, a bit like there was with cookies back in the day and GDPR. Mm. There was a moment where you you really felt entitled to pick up the phone and and explain to your clients Look, there is something afoot. You need to take notice of this because your number one ranking in in the Google search it does look like it's about to evaporate, mm. and and it it feels like a, a couple of years since we've been able to speak to our clients and tell them about something new. So perhaps an opportunity to to generate some more revenue and also almost like a career. There is a career path in this, in the same way that there's a career path for building pages and there's a career path for being an SEO expert. There could well be a career in the future, I think, dedicated simply mm. to having having the ability to to figure out how all of this stuff works and explain to people and, and obviously fiddle in the background and make the site pass all of these different tests and, mm. and help the, the rankings. So it's not kind of not kind of SEO from the on-page side of things. It's SEO from this more technical side of things. Yeah. I think um, you mentioned GDPR, and I felt maybe this is why it gets so much attention as GDPR did. I don't think it was mainly from the legislators that we got so much attention. It's from the people who could sell products off the basis of this new change. And I think that's also what's happened with Core Web Vitals. 
there's so much more conversations, particularly about Gutenberg versus page builders. And there's lots more about different products that you can buy, plugins as well, that will help you with speeding up your WordPress sites and stuff. So I think, you know, a lot of it gets generated by that commercial side of things as GDPR was. I think, you know, most of the articles you could find on that were written by the ones that were ranking well were actually commercial entities rather than hmm. you know government so i think uh, an element of that's there but also with the ranking i mean i think the one thing we can't lose track on it is just an, another seo measure so it's always been the same deal isn't it you just need to do better than your competitors when it comes yeah. to ranking so if your competitors have all got busy stuff going on at the heads of their home pages or something which is going to slow down the experience for users if all of them are doing it you only need to be a little bit better than them you don't necessarily have to pass core web vitals do you well that's a good point yeah i guess you just got to be competitive we are we're in this period at the minute where everybody seems to be obsessed about the magic number 100 <laughs> and everybody's trying to get the things to turn green yeah the circle to be complete the number 100 to be written in the middle and you know there's a lot of content trying to drag you from 98 to 100 at all costs and i'm not quite sure that that's the direction we want to be going in but just going back to your yeah. thing about products in the wordpress space yeah do you feel that there's a how to describe this? Do you feel that there are people, products and etc., who are perhaps taking advantage of this and kind of like snake oil plugins, if you like, who are offering a one-click solution? Mm -hmm. You noticed a bit of an uptick in in products coming around that yeah. maybe are trying to suggest, look, we've got your core web vitals under control. Just tick this button and everything will be fine. Yeah. Well, we've got a whole bunch of products, haven't we, which have. Uh, you know, too many tick boxes so you need to understand stuff to be able to use them yep. and then we've got these kind of we'll do it for you products um nitro packs are a, a famous one that does that and i don't know i mean you know it's what people want i do think chasing after the 100 is is foolish if you're thinking about core web vitals and that being a key thing because it doesn't, there's not a waiting presently as we're recording this. I, I think Google will change things, but 100, you can still get 99 on your mobile scores and still be failing Core Web Vitals. And mm. you can get a 90 and still be passing Core Web Vitals and everything else, all the other measures that, that Google offer with their insights. So it's, it's tricky. And you can be very comfortably going down to something, I think at least 80 before you would not be passing core web vitals. So this chasing after this 100 may be getting away from what you're trying to achieve in terms of the SEO ranking factor and also the experience that your visitors will have visiting those pages. Yeah. Can we get on to what core web vitals actually is in <laughs> yeah, a minute? Yeah. Can, I, can I just ask you a question? I don't know if you've got any thoughts on this, and we certainly didn't discuss it before mm. we started recording, but I'm curious, do you, do you think there's any situation where just chucking all of this in the bin and taking no regard for it at all is merited? And I, I'm, I'm thinking of print layouts here. So I'm thinking of magazine layouts where the the entire purpose is to look amazing yeah. and to really, really shine on the aesthetics. And and I can imagine that there must be certain scenarios where just having the unnecessary animations and having the the videos that preload and the you know all of the CSS transitions that we don't really need 
yeah. unnecessary. I just just think there must be a there must be a scenario where you can still go to your clients and say, look, that in this situation, just put it on the shelf. Yeah, no, I I think there are plenty of circumstances, and I think all the time when we're building pages, we are making certain compromises. You know, if if you want the fastest loading sites, then just get it down to text. You know, build it. Yes. You know, we don't need a content management system for half of the things. I mean, WordPress itself, what is it? 500,000 lines of code in order to deliver often what is just a straightforward HTML page is way, way yes. over the top. So we make these kind of compromises for different reasons. And I think we can never, we're not going to hit all of Google's ranking factors. No one's going to be able to do it. So you pick which ones are going to be relevant to your business. Uh, mm, I think that's a good answer. Yeah. I was so curious about what those 200 fact, ranking <laughs> yeah. factors are and where all of this, this whole mess that we've been thrown into really does fit. It, it, it almost feels like we're staring at a cliff at the minute and we just need to somehow scramble a little way up the cliff. Yeah. Try this out for a few months. Let's see where it all settles and no doubt the sky won't fall upon us. Yeah. I just think it's new. I think it's great new information that we're getting. Um, for measuring the web that we didn't have before. So whatever Google's motives are for it, um, it doesn't matter. I think it's quite interesting stuff, but also confusing as well. The the terminology that's used for Core okay. Web Vitals is confusing. Even that yeah. term. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've got to say the terminology in this in this era in this space is bonkers ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of the things that we're being asked to throw around, not only do they, well, there's loads of acronyms for a start, mm. which is fine. You know, if you learn the acronym, that's fine. But when you pass the acronym and say the real thing, <laughs> sometimes it's, what? Is that even a word? <laughs> yeah. Contentful? Con- is that a word? Yes. Um, so what, what t- tell us, because I know that you've done way more research on this than I have for various reasons. Yeah. What, what do you, what is the, the whole core web vitals thing? T- just try and describe it yeah well it's one part actually of page experience because that often gets skipped over so it's the one that is looking at page load and the experience so first contentful paint is one of the core vitals and that effectively is just the time it takes to load the largest element in the viewport and at the moment it's a ranking for mobile so we're looking at that and we've got the cumulative layout shift which is how much stuff moves around while it's loading so you can't you know you could try and press on a button and it it moves because uh, an image is loading above simple to fix usually it's just about setting widths on things and then we have a measure which you can't see in lab data Uh, so running tests you can't see this but it is gathered by real world user information that is collected from Chrome users called FID, which is first input delay. And that's just when you can first interact with the site itself. So that needs to feel like it's immediate. And there are three measures. And really of these, the only one that's really important is the, well, the the hardest one to pass is the first Mm. contentful paint because we need that content that shows at the top end in the viewport of our pages to load quickly enough on mobiles. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy stuff really. It sounds really complicated, but in a in a way it's so much easier than we ever had before because when we talked about loading, we were often only measuring the whole load of the page and that had nothing to do with the experience of the user. The experience of the user was what 
appears in their viewport and that's where we've moved to so i think it's a good thing yeah i mean from the end user's point of view it does make sense only to have that as the metric because mm. that is literally what you see and increasingly what you see is a very small thing you know it's like the size of a playing card or something the the screen size on your mobile yeah. phone is it's not very big um and so there's there's quite a lot of opportunities to get this right and knowing that if you just get that bit right the rest of it might fall into place much more easily that that is that is really helpful. Yeah, and I think it also changes the the way that we look at the web. So previously, if we were thinking about WordPress themes that we'd want to pick up, if we've you know got a little bit of experience, we start to look out for things that aren't bloated and we start to say, oh, that's loading this and that script or it's got so many assets on it and we want to avoid that one. Well, actually, it doesn't matter so much these days because you can have right. a big magazine site, which is got endless loading going on very 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 long pages as long as that first contentful paint that first thing in the viewport loads quickly then the rest of the page can load slowly so we can have i don't know you know 500 requests going on a particular page and it won't impact on the experience where perhaps you only make nine requests the default ones that are in wordpress itself and it's still loading slowly because you're stuck with this massive image in the top so mm. you know i think it gets us focused on the right things with the core web vitals in your experimentation with this mm. in order to try and achieve the perfect 100 which <laughs> again we've emphasized is not to the point but there you go yeah. what have you found to be the quickest wins the things that really very quickly made the scores different with, well, I'm not saying minimal effort, yeah. but which ones gained you the most for perhaps the least amount of effort? Probably just optimizing images in the right. viewport yep. um, because particularly relevant to the device that's viewing them. So if, you know, it's common, isn't it, to have a hero section where you might have a big background image, which is going to be kind of HD size for the, the desktops. The thing is, a great game by just making sure that you are, and I think most page builders can do that, swapping that out for your mobile view to a smaller image. Yeah. And that's yep. the biggest, the quickest gain, I think. Yeah, nothing too flashy going on and no sort of letterbox enormous 2,000 pixel wide image or something <laughs> narrow um, and and simple, which loads just, or or just strip all of that out altogether and just go for a black background. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes you think whether you need it on a mobile. You know, does anybody even see that image in the background on a mobile, is it? Um, can... It's a good point, that actually, because mostly the hero yeah. contains a piece of, I don't know, some sort of call to action text or something like that. Um, and, and usually that's, that's the only thing your eye is going to train on. Yeah. I can see, you know, the window dressing around that text on a on a desktop really can can lend a great deal of, you know, certain sort of joie de vivre, shall we say. Yeah. But um but on on the 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 mobile device all you really want to see is the the text, right? Yeah, you can just I mean, you know, set it simple CSS to remove the background when it goes to mobile will save you a lot straight away cuz nothing needs to load. And if it's not yeah. needed, why I quite like all of this conversation with this is it gets us focused on the thing that I'm always talking to with clients. I I so much want them to get their simple messaging. I said this to you earlier about how newspapers sell through the headlines and it's the same with yep. the websites. I want them to get that headline very clear and that to load quickly so they've got a reason to look at the rest of the site and and i think they help us to make that argument to clients that actually it's not in your interest to 
you know, have too much busy stuff going on in the, the header. Let's keep it simple. The rest of the page can load in its own time and it won't affect the experience and you could do what you like there. Yeah, I think that's a really genius analogy, actually, the newspaper one, because certainly in the UK, the way that newspapers are sold is that the, the headline is facing up. Mm. And essentially, that's all you can see. You might be able to see, you, know, you see the name of the newspaper, you can see the headline, but beyond that, it, that's it. Yeah. So that's the only, that's the moment you've got to try and get somebody to lift the paper up. And as soon as it's in their hand, they can start to, if you like, scroll and see the other content. And, and so that just works perfectly for me. And I think you're right as well. You've also got something to go back to the clients with and have a conversation about. You know, no longer is it you just sort of shooting in the dark, talking about the entire page. Now it's very much about, look, can we just get this bit right? You'll trust me, it'll work out best if you just do this bit correctly. Yeah. And there is other things to think about, of course, the things that are loading before your header image maybe a lot of different scripts and i think maybe we should just right. talk a little bit about what yeah. wordpress does itself is it bloated yeah. <laughs> because it, there, there are a number of scripts that are outputted particularly and oddly in a way is jquery which is probably one mm. of the biggest ones and it's actually at the top of the document so jquery is uncompressed is about 87 kilobytes it goes down to roughly right. about 30 if if you're if you're gzipping or something so it's not so bad but on all wordpress by default um sites it's loading up usually before your content so it is getting in the way of first contentful paint yep good point and so uh, what's your what what have you found to be the best way out of that i think the reason they do it is sensible because what happens is people build stuff that have dependencies built on jquery which yes. need to so that needs yes. to load before they come in so there's probably not a way around it you can defer it of course you can you can um, yeah. uh, do all of that what a lot of people are doing but most of the time i think with most page builders they will probably have some modules or elements which will refer to jquery so you have to keep it up there but there is new stuff coming in, of course. If you're not using blocks um, at all, if you're not using the blocker editor, then you do need to remove the block CSS as well, which also goes in the head, which serves no purpose if you're not using Gutenberg. How much? you've? I think you've written down here, what, about 60 yeah, kilobytes? Oh, and growing, you've written. Well, I have. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. With I think the last time I looked at the Gutenberg plugin, which, of course, has the newer stuff in, I think it was reaching almost 60 kilobytes. But, of course, it, I've noticed it's grown all the time. So this is probably the hardest thing, isn't it, at the moment, for where does Gutenberg go? Because it, it's an alternative to page builders. Should you have something that makes up for the kind of layout work that page builders do, you know, put things in columns and rows and organize the elements. And Gutenberg at the moment is blocks with some very minimal CSS helping you to do layout. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is the block CSS, which is permanently there for all of your pages, is that just going to keep growing as Gutenberg becomes more like a page builder or will it just stop there, you know? Yeah, it was it was quite interesting. I was talking to um, Paul Lacey on the show that we do on Monday yeah. the other day, and we were actually talking about Toolset, mm. um, and they've got a suite of blocks. I think they're just called Toolset blocks, in fact. Mm. And they've they've taken this this approach. Basically, they're going to have the CSS and 
I think we were just talking about CSS. Just we'll stick with that. They're, they've taken the approach that in the future, they're going to simply load the CSS for the exact blocks that you've got in use on the page, mm. which which for them was quite a nice development. Yes. I mean, it's tricky with WordPress, what should be there. I mean, jQuery, it's agreed. I mean, I, we've got more of jQuery than we had before, and now we've got this block CSS on all our pages by default. Yep. I mean, WordPress allows us to remove it, but it's just... Uh, typically, if you're using a page builder and not using Gutenberg, you've got this extra code that you need to get rid of. I mean, you can get rid of the block CSS by swapping out the classic editor for Jeff Starr's disabled Gutenbergs because it removes it there. Um, but yeah, there's other thing. One thing that I've always wondered about WordPress, you know, if we're talking about kind of unneeded blow is the emojis that's loading some oh, JavaScript. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And you really think... Surely that should have been an opt-in thing. Do you ever use emojis ever? I mean, I, I'm not talking about in, you know, Facebook yeah, posts and things. It. I mean, do you use them on websites? Maybe you and I are just not normal. No. But I never, ever, ever use them. No. And I, I've not had a circumstance. I don't have many sites that are blogging for people to, you know, put comments in and use emojis. I guess in those circumstances, if you've got a very active blog and people want to express yeah. themselves, particularly younger people with emojis, then of course you're going to leave it on. But I would have thought that would be in the minority of WordPress users. So I wonder why it's there. But it's, you know, it's a simple script to just remove it. Um, so it's, what is it, 14K you've written here? Th I think that's the total amount. That, I'm not, actually, okay. I wrote that down, but I don't know where it's come from. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Maybe it's a megabyte. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's a bit of extra bloat. And there's other things, of course, that I guess are going to impact on load if you're not using caching plugins, which we can't really get into because we talked about that before. There is all yeah. sorts of stuff using up CPU now, of course, using react does um we've got heartbeat which came in recently which is kind of uh, what does heartbeat do actually i don't know how to best explain it no it's not something i'm gonna tackle uh, no i'll leave it <laughs> look it up but it's there it's yes and it's you know you can slow it down but it's regularly using cpu to do various checks which are not necessary in your install so there are a few things with wordpress um i think you know wordpress has been talked about a little bit with with google you know about allowing time for people to prepare for google core web vitals so it's you know expected things like loading jquery and jquery migrate as well is being loaded as well while there's yep. the changes going on for older themes so there's a fair bit of bloat that comes out of um wordpress def by default i say that but i should just measure my words a bit there because i think it's only bloat if it's not needed and obviously you know, the folks who are, are contributing to WordPress think they are needed. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Okay. So next thing on your list, I think, is tools. Yeah. Tool, well, tools for measuring our load. Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, we've got Google PageSpeed Insights, which is probably king, isn't it? And it, Is that your go-to now? I th well, I think so, because mm -hmm. it's going to give me more information, particularly when we've got our, really, we only pass Core Web Vitals when we get the field data in, and it's the only place where that's going to be provided. So in a way, that is the only one that matters. But we for right. lab data testing, for doing our own testing while we're developing, then I guess <clears throat> any of the other tools can be just as useful. It, 
and most of them have adopted what is there because Google PageSpeed Insights is just a hosted cut down version of their open source software called Lighthouse, which does indeed other things such as you know best practice and uh, SEO and measures that. So it's only measuring the performance on on insights there, and you can find mm-hmm. that tool also in chrome inspector as well so you can run yeah i think it's in any derivative of chrome yes sure it's in like brave and whatever else has been built off chrome so perhaps in edge i'm not sure i don't use that yes yes i think all the same stuff is in there um Mm -hmm. uh, we've got gt metrics is a popular one i think that's i don't know if it's it feels to me like it's always popular with people in the u.s and maybe because it defaults to vancouver as the testing area it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. It, maybe it's Canadian. <laughs> yeah. I always used to avoid it because, you know, when you're not that interested and you just want to take a look at your site to see that it seems to be performing well, maybe just to show the client that, okay, look what I've done. You know, I used to go to Pingdom because it was easy for me to select the UK where I'd have to log in with GT metrics to be able to right. select the UK. So I tended to avoid it. But it's a really handy tool because it's so lovely to see you it's so easy to read the assets that are on your page. It's so easy. It to, really is. Yeah. Yep. The waterfall yep. is fabulous. Yep. You know, you can hover over it and see stuff. So it's beautiful to work with. And it does a lot more. I think if you go on a pro version, you can do far more than I've ever done with it. But mm-hmm. yeah, we've got Pingdom, which I think maybe is on the, the move out. I don't know if you've noticed. I really haven't looked at that for yeah a long time. Not even not even loaded up the page. I used to like it because it used to give me nice, kind scores. It used to be good. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go to the one which yeah, lies. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to set up a website which gives everybody a hundred. I know you'd make a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just do it with advertising and give everybody a hundred. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make everybody feel good. Uh, Pingdom. No, I think something's happening with that because it used to have a beautiful waterfall on that, and it seems to certainly for my views over the last week or two has disappeared gone and it's not lighthouse maybe they're going to make some changes there maybe that's why there's no waterfall but right where gt metrics does use at least the desktop uh, summary of lighthouse so you are getting some of your core metrics being measured a pingdom doesn't it's just it's the total load of your page there but still interesting just to compare with gt metrics right. mm. yeah. <clears throat> and the i think the big one that everybody really goes for is the web page test if you're pro at doing this kind of performance work that's where you go i think yeah so if you're an agency and you've got serious clients who want serious proof that serious things have happened yeah <laughs> go go there web page test is it is it dot org? Yeah, it's dot org. Yeah. I go there and say it's one of my favorites because it makes me sound clever. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. it, you too can sound clever <laughs> if you also visit that URL. Yeah. But also, I think stuff that they do there has inspired. I, I believe something like Speed Index, which is one of the measures that's in PageSpeed Insights, has come directly from the work that's been done in webpagetest.org. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's so. It, it is one of the more serious tools, and the professionals use it. It confuses me, but you could do a lot more. What's nice about it is that you can set it to emulate different types of devices, different browsers, different yeah, mobile phones, if you like, where the others yep. don't allow you to do that. So they're the big ones. Yeah. 
Um, it just demonstrates, though, doesn't it? In the in the attempt to make things easier for us to understand, we now have um, a whole plethora of tools which make it more difficult to understand <laughs> because they don't give us the they don't give us the exact same information back. So, I guess I guess the rule is pick the one which favours your site most and use that. <laughs> that seems to be the way. Uh, you can't escape though page ba- uh, page speed insights i think just for that's the only place you go yeah it's the only place you're going to get your live field data on your site for yeah for um core web vitals but there is that's right if if in doubt go there google page (laughs) speed insights there is another tool which allow it's more for serious folks now i do know one of the developers in beaver builder shared something when i was asking for them to make a performance improvement and they shared this blackfire.io which uh is really, really serious stuff. I've never even heard of this one. You're going to have to explain it. Blackfire.io. Go on. No, don't make me explain it because I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go. It exists. That's all we need. It exists. And I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's really clever stuff. And that I, I've not used it myself. I've just seen the results of somebody else's work using it. So that's all I can tell you. But okay. Yeah, sit. Well, we'll put that one in the show notes just because if you if you are serious about this and you want to be blown away, go go there. Neither of us know what it does. <laughs> yeah. It's for yeah, it's for measuring your applications. So yeah, it's it's serious stuff. Talking of measuring applications, I mean in terms of the back end of your site, which we tend to not look into, which can of course have an impact to your time to first bite so mm-hmm. you know the stuff the plugins you load in the back end obviously are using up some resources there isn't much out there is there for measuring that and it gets more complex now as as we move into the era of javascript applications we yep. uh, as well as sort of php one so it's not easy but i do use a query monitor to get a, a kind of overview when i turn on a plugin at least whether the load impact in the back end has changed, whether there's more database queries. And there's another much simpler one called Usage DD, which just gives you mm. kind of basic metrics about the kind of load on the back and the database queries. But, you know, it's a struggle to understand those because you can misread them as I have done. Um, there's a plugin called Short Pixel. Um, no, not Short. It's not short pixel. Let short me pixels for the images, isn't it? It is. Image optimization. It's yeah. another one that I use, um, Stencil, which outputs okay. a whole ton, if you were to measure that, of database queries. And then I had to write to them and they say, yeah, but actually it doesn't go to the front end and it only affects you as somebody with a, an account. So <laughs> it's not a performance problem. So it's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's really difficult, I think, to measure. If anyone knows of any tools that they can put me onto that will help you measure the resources in the back end of WordPress, I would love to know. So your your query monitor that you're using at the mm. moment, do you do you have that switched on permanently during development, or do you just switch that on prior to, let's say, I don't know, installing a new plugin, take some data, switch it off again, or do you just have it always permanently? Yeah, on? well, it's really only on in development. I guess it's the only time yeah. when I when I would introduce a new plugin into the system. So, so. I think I might turn it on again. And to be honest, I'm running with Usage DD because I t- tell you what that does is when you're in the page builder, you can actually see that where you can't with query monitor. So it's kind of nice okay. when you're building out your pages to see how many extra queries that page is building up over the time. So, yeah. Right, mm. right. Oh, that's, yeah, that is nice. Usage DD. Yeah. So what, it hovers 
in yeah it just hovers on your footer with these sort of four oh, okay. metrics and that's all it does and again it can be a little bit misleading but it's quite nice because where query monitor only works on your admin pages you can go to your page builder with usage dd and see the same measures so i tend to stick that one on and it's easier for me to understand yeah <laughs> wow so many tools yeah and that's just the uh that's just the stuff looking at load what about the uh, the tools for sort of speeding up sites? <laughs> well, I've I've been on a bit of I don't know if you tried any of these. I did uh, really about last week is the first time I kind of maybe a couple of weeks I've now been trying a few of these and uh, I've got just when when you say trying it, what's your what's your setup? What are you doing? Okay, so um, on my test site, so I've been interested in speed. Yeah, yeah. So the easiest one to try out is something called WP Asset Cleanup, and that's a free one on the repository. And it's a whole bunch of, as most of these are, a whole bunch of tick box things that you can just turn certain things off. And um, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with it. If you know what you're doing, maybe you want to look at that because you can turn off various assets that load on your page, including ones that with WordPress. So things that are included there, maybe things that are not directly related to load as such, such as the version of your WordPress uh, okay. install. Yep. You might turn that off perhaps because you're thinking it's performance because you're thinking that people who might want to attack your site. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like a, almost like a security feature that, doesn't it? It does, but yeah, that, I guess it's good. Saves a line? Yeah, well, it, can, yeah, it saves a line in your code that would make almost no difference, but maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's full of all of that stuff. No, no. I mean, you'd have to read a lot of documentation and talk to people in the community to have any clue about what you should turn on and off. Um, a performance matters is a very similar type of thing. It's just, it's, I feel it's, it's, there's only a pro version of that and it's nicely laid out. And I did try out flying press, which is another one of these, which uh, honestly, I cannot remember too well, but it's in a similar vein. Okay. Um, they're all kind of, yeah, just lots of little options to turn on and off stuff, including deferring or turning off um, CSS or JavaScript on your individual pages. So, Isn't that fascinating that there's a there's an in- industry growing up around I know. this where somebody can have a premium plugin and presumably yeah. do rather well yeah. because of the fact that we now need to be mindful of, of what, what you know what's loading and where it's just absolutely fascinating yeah the the, the thing is i have i mean this is just my experience with this i mean i tried all of these and i thought oh this is great and i'm, I'm a real pro here but so much of what you could do with those is something that you'd only want to consider once you've got the basics in place right it, they you know, unless I guess you're using a platform which is really outputting so much more stuff than you need it to, which maybe, you know, is a problem with your tools, you probably don't need any of these things because if you just kind of optimize for the largest contentful paint in a logical way, you're going to get to the results that you want without all of this. So I think it's very easy to get lost and it's very easy. I think even with the caching plugins that are out there, things like uh, WP Rocket, which I use, there's a few options on it. You tick them on because you think, oh yeah, I'll defer all my JavaScript or whatever. But without having the skills to look up whether you've created a console error, you know, through doing that because yeah. something needed yeah. to load. Yeah. And that can do you so much more damage in terms of your load than, you know, all the work you've done. You know, trying to so 
like I said earlier, there really is an industry in mm. this. People who are expert in this, you know, there's a few people that come to mind right away who now are kind of working in this arena. Yeah. They've made a job for themselves out of being able to go to somebody's website and optimize it in exactly the ways that we've been talking about. You, you and I both know a few people, I think. Yeah, well, Sabrina Zidane, who you've yep, talked definitely. to a lot, she's, um, she's been quite an inspiration on a few things bits of content she's done you know just to get your head straight on what the priorities in terms of page loads you know uh, she's got me on the right foot i think by concentrating yep. on this largest contentful paint and not so much other stuff there is a, a in a different vein now we have things like nitro pack which i'm uh, i'm wary of because this is kind of a whole system which kind of wraps all of your content for you with a single click um, into kind of JavaScript and then does some clever preloading stuff and deferring of stuff. And instantly it's kind of turn it on and you, you get great results. But, um, you know, there's so much room for that messing around with your sites. And I, I just don't know how people like Google will respond to this in the longer term. Is it just that it's too much of a black box for you at the moment? It, it's, you know, it's asking you to do one simple thing you don't really understand what it's doing. And so yeah, that's it. beware, basically. Yeah, that's sure. it. It can yeah. have an impact. And there's another a repository plugin, which I was only introduced to the other day, which is WP Meteor. Um, mm-hmm. And that looks really interesting using some of these same methods. But they are very clear on their... Uh, on their listing about how this can damage stuff, you know, be ab- absolutely cautious if you've got um, something like WooCommerce on with your cart pages. So they know that the techniques that they're doing with JavaScript to speed things up could have an impact on your site. So, yeah, so these ones are ones that I personally wouldn't touch at all. They're doing very clever stuff. Um, some will argue that it's trying to cheat google i'm not sure if that's actually correct but it's still stuff that i would personally stay away from yeah yeah okay yeah well there's plenty in there though wasn't there lots and lots of different tools what did you list about six or seven just for yeah just for that and um on the the next thing on our list anyway is you've written good plugins and bad plugins (laughs) i don't know if this is an area we should stray into (laughs) no i'm already getting a bit ranty aren't i um (laughs) (laughs) there are quite a lot of articles a lot of kind of a lot of comparison testing going on because everybody's talking about performance and everyone knows that this is a good thing to have and we should focus our attention on it and it does feel like we've had this golden era of the page builders coming out and we can have anything we like at a click of a button. We can have all sorts of animations. And now suddenly it's like we've sobered up. Google's give us a big slap and said, oi, oi, performance, come on. And now, <laughs> and now everybody's scrambling to produce content, um, which is obviously to sell products in some form or another by looking at what's good and bad for performance and stuff like that. So I, I just think a lot of it is really silly. That's all I was, wanted to talk about in this is that a lot of these comparative themes and builder testings are slightly insane because you can't really use the numbers from these various tools we've talked about to give you a clue about whether a particular theme or builder's good because it's really it's it's about how you're going to use it for your sites you know if if your theme loads a load of stuff that you were likely to need then what's the problem with it um yeah you know 
So, and there's nothing more than marketers like than a deadline, <laughs> yeah. a line in the sand where things potentially are going to be bad for you because it really does give them a, a bright shining light to, to create content. And yeah, uh, you know, I think you've got to be a little bit mindful of what you're consuming and where you're consuming it. And uh, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, yeah. So caveat the, emptor. Yeah. There's so much of that people building, you know, similar pages across different platforms and then doing running tests on them. The problem is you'd have to be a genius to be able to build like for like across all the multiple platforms with their different settings and quirks about them. So, yeah, so it's something I feel to watch out for. And it's the same. There's a lot of popular content that's very popular at the moment. I've seen a few of those where they literally talk perhaps from a, a hostess perspective of, you know, which mm. ones they fear as heavy plugins to have. But again, often the context gets lost. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. okay. stop me. No, no, oh, no, rant. no, no, it's good. I, what's really nice about this one is that you've actually done a boatload of research. I, I don't know if it was, did you, you, you weren't doing that. Were you doing that just because of the deadline coming up or have you, are you doing it out of curiosity or are you doing it because a client has pushed you into doing yeah, it? Yeah, just curiosity. It's just coming up. Yeah. And I've, I, you know, there's been a, an interest in it anyway, but because the content's out there and because I'm slightly cynical of other people's content or I rather go, mm, is that true? Uh, then I start to end up doing the research myself just to find out, you know, so everybody's talking about it and it's just led me into doing my own work on it. There's a career in this for you, David. Well, I get a bit lost when we get to the really scientific stuff. When you, when people start there's, talking... There's not a career in this for you, <laughs> Exactly. When people start talking about <laughs> DNS prefetching and stuff like that, it's, I, I, yeah, I t- start switching yeah, off. Yeah, there's, there's only so high the ceiling can go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm right there. I'm, I'm basically prostrate on the floor. <laughs> At least you're sort of standing up and the ceiling is in sight. Is there anything else that we missed? Uh, shall we just, a uh, few other factors, are they worth throwing in just because they are relevant to, I think so. to loading? Yeah. Um, we've, we're moving pretty much all of us now to HTTP2. Yep. And and that makes a big difference, I think, to a huge difference. A lot of the old stuff that we thought was true isn't true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the thing that I grew up was that you you put together your CSS and your JavaScript and bundle it up and you get plugins to do that because there's yep. the limits of the connections that could be made under HTTP one, which no longer exists with two. So having your CSS in lots of different files, perhaps loading throughout the page may may turn out to be a good thing i think yeah it may even be quicker or yeah. more performant shall we say yeah yeah and i think that's going to change a lot of things over time as as that becomes the standard and you can easily go and check whether your server is running that and if it's not you, you you're really missing out i guess um mm-hmm. and there's obviously an important thing to make sure that everyone's got really is gzip in some form of compression because that makes a huge difference to all the files particularly for the core web vitals and loading those are essential ones in the in the header area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about it. PHP, probably there's not been no speed increase. I guess almost everybody now is on version seven, aren't they? Seven something. I, the last time I looked at that graph, it was looking favorable. I can't remember what it was, but 5.6 was going away. Yeah. Um, and everybody seemed to be on seven point something. And now, of course, we've got eight point something yeah. on the horizon as well. All the hosts are sort of starting to tout to that as their as their, their latest and greatest thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, Nathan, you're probably going to have to talk for some time because I've just lost my notes 
due to a power cut. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> I've literally gone into darkness now. Oh, why? What's happened? Yeah, the power's just gone off. Oh, but you're able to keep going. The internet can... You can manage without power. Uh, yeah, I, well, I'm used to it. I backed up. You see, I have a little backup for my internet connection. So, yeah. You are very clever. Well, I'll tell you what. Rather than me just sort of bore everybody to death, I think... I think I'm right in saying that we were probably more or less at the end. There was very little. You had a you had a few yeah. thoughts which you were going to throw in, but I think you've covered most of that. Probably the only thing to mention is that because we do these every couple of weeks and we're on the the letter L mm-hmm. at the moment, A, B, C, D, L is followed by M. Yes. And M is for... Menus. Can you remember? Menus. Oh, you can remember, even though you've not got any notes. Yeah. M is for menus, whether they be mega drop down split whatever yeah. we're going to talk about menus oh, we could talk a little a bit about of... uh, full site editing cuz yeah oh mm. yeah that's a good point even though we've done f that's still allowed ah <laughs> yeah f is for forms <laughs> and posthumously full site editing we <laughs> well, it comes to do that yeah we can well we can now do our menus in a different way can't we with full site editing so we can yeah, touch yeah, into that indeed. but yeah Right, so in that case, the homework for everybody <laughs> is to go and make loads of menus and and then check full site editing and see what you can do with the navigation yeah. block and so on. All right. Right, thank you. Yes, that thanks. was a lovely chat. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Well, I certainly hope that you enjoyed that episode. L is for loading. There is genuinely so much to talk about in here, and we probably just scratched the surface. If we missed something out or you think we got something wrong, as always, head over to the WPBuilds.com website and leave a comment there, or head over to WPBuilds.com forward slash Facebook. That's a link to our Facebook group, and leave us a comment. Find the thread, search for episode number 232, and you can leave your comments down there. There really is a lot of relevance to this with core web vitals going on at the moment the wp builds podcast was brought to you today by termageddon when you build your contact forms for client websites you may be forcing that client to comply with multiple privacy laws rather than avoiding discussing the importance of privacy policies with your client try out termageddon the auto updating privacy policy generator The best part is that Termageddon gives web agencies a free set of their policies forever in the hope that you like their product and use their reseller or referral programs to help your clients get protected too. Your client gets protected and you make more recurring revenue. Go to termageddon.com and click the agency partner page to receive your free license today. And buy AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, I will be back next Monday, 2pm UK time, wpbuilds.com forward slash live for This Week in WordPress with David Wormsley. Failing that, we'll be back here next Thursday for a podcast episode. So, as always, stay safe. I hope you have a nice week. I'm going to fade in some dreadful cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.